Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast. Making complex programming simple and fast. With everything from career advice to philosophy. John Summers will show you everything you need. It's the Simple Programmer Podcast. Tired of pushy recruiters sending you LinkedIn requests for jobs you have no interest in? Tired of blasting out resumes into the dark? If so, you should check out Hired.com. Hired.com flips job searching on its head by having top employers like Facebook come to you after you fill out one simple application. You also get your own job coach to help you on your next job search. If you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend you at least fill out the application. Just go to Hired.com forward slash simple programmer. And when you get hired with Hired, you'll get double the normal sign-on bonus for using that link. Kobaton is the mobile device cloud platform you need to manage the devices you own and access the devices you want. From manual to automation testing, Kobaton empowers developers to build great products faster. Manage and access the devices you need. Test on hundreds of devices and configurations. Identify issues quickly. Automatically created activity logs allow you to identify and resolve issues faster. Start testing sooner. Compatibility with existing development tools decreases testing time. Real devices, better testing, faster time to market. Visit kobaton.com slash simpleprogrammer to sign up and start testing in minutes. Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast, a short mix of career advice, philosophy, and soft skills from successful author and software developer, John Sonmez. Hey, what's up? John Sanmez here from simpleprogrammer.com. And I have another interview for you all. This is actually an interview that I've been super excited about because uh, I, I've been following this gentleman for, for quite some time. Uh, it's, I think, I, I, I'm trying to think my first introduction must have been when I read the game way back, <laughs> way back when. But, um, but I'm talking about Tynan, the, the, the infamous Tynan, and, and he, um, his blog has just been, been awesome. There's been so many, so many posts that, that he's written that have just connected with me. And, and I said, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm not the only quirky person who does this. Like, <laughs> like I remember reading this blog that you did where, where you're like talking about throwing away your, your change. And I oh, totally, yeah. I totally do that. One. Yeah, <laughs> I totally do that. I throw away, the only thing I, I keep is, is quarter or above. And I yeah. hesitantly keep quarters. I, I'm not sure if it's worth keeping quarters, but I throw everything else in the trash can. And, and people get so pissed when they see me do it. I'm like, you know, you can dig it out if you want, but exactly. I, I put it on top of trash cans if I can, so someone can have them. That that makes people feel a little better. But people uh, get so upset yeah. that you throw away change, even if it's a couple bucks a year. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, when I when I read that, I was like, oh, okay, we're kindred spirits here. <laughs> but so so welcome, Tynan, th- uh, and thanks for thanks for coming on the on the show. Yeah, man, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So um, I gave kind of a, a little bit of, like how I know of you, uh, but maybe uh, if you could give a little bit of introduction uh, your, yourself of, of who you are and, and what, what do you do? Yeah, I always have trouble with that one because I think really probably what defines me most is I just sort of, I just do kind of random crazy things or things that are maybe on the edge of what normal people do. And I try to learn from them for myself. And then I try to share the whatever I've learned with, with everybody else on my blog or through books or just by trying to convince my friends to do weird things. Yeah. 
That, that's cool. And uh, and for those for those of you that that don't know, uh, Tyne is actually a software developer as well. Correct, right? So, uh, so perfect, perfect for my audience of, of, of yeah. software developers, uh, and uh, so, uh, so I thought it'd be kind of interesting to, just to talk about maybe some of the things that, that you've done and that, that you've been involved in, because there's quite a bit. I mean, obviously, we have to broach the, the, the subject of, of the game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what, what, maybe for maybe for the people that don't haven't followed that, uh, what, what was the, that whole deal, and how did I guess really what I'm really interested in is how that impacted change your life or your, your viewpoint on life? Yeah, I mean, I think there's maybe just a couple things that really had like a massive directional change in my life. Mm. And and that was one of them. So I, in high school, middle school, all that, I was very, very introverted. I, you know, I had really good friends, but it was a small, close circle of friends. But even if like one of those friends brought maybe one of their acquaintances around or something, like I would not feel socially comfortable with that. Like, you know, I'd do my best, but I, I could feel myself retreating and becoming, you know, maybe self-conscious. Um, and so you can imagine if that's how I felt with a friend introducing me to a friend, how I was interacting with, you know, women or, you know, girls in my classes or, you know, let alone some stranger. Um, so I sort of stumbled across pickup. I was maybe a little naive. I believed everything people wrote about it online. I just, it just like never occurred to me someone would exaggerate or lie. So it was like, oh, you can actually learn this. Like, I, you know, I'm a nerd just like this guy. Maybe I could meet girls too. And, uh, it was really a case of being in the right place at the right time, as well as uh, I think I just make decisions very quickly and jump on things. And so uh, I got to move in with all the best pickup artists in the house in the world uh, in this house in Hollywood. Um, and I was clearly the worst person there by an enormous margin. And they all uh, they just took me under their wings, and I learned you know from mystery uh, Neil Strauss, the guy who wrote the game, uh, the guys from Real Social Dynamics. They all just taught me uh, you know just as friends basically and, and kind of got me up. I don't know that I ever got to really their level, but you know, somewhere in that range. And yeah, it, it, it uh, obviously changed my dating life, but also how I interact with uh, friends and strangers, even family members, just uh, understanding more where other people are coming from, telling stories, developing social skills. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting just to see, I think, uh, you know, you, a lot of, a lot of my audience will, will have, a similar background and, and, and I mean I was an extremely shy person as well afraid to talk to girls afraid to and I had to overcome that it, it really changed a lot in my life it's a really I think it's a real struggle for software developers like a real serious uh, debilitating struggle struggle it's, it's kind of encouraging to, to see people that are, that are able to overcome that uh, you know one of the things I was um, I, I was curious about with that was uh, uh, like well, I guess I'd say, what what was the thing that made you kind of make that that change, or or decide to actually do this thing? Like, what what was it that that sparked that? I know, and it, it's kind of hard maybe to point to one thing, but what was what was it like? You know, a lot of times people have this. I've had enough. What was your? No, I, I, know, I know exactly what it was. Okay. Uh, so, the, my senior year of high school, there was this girl I had a massive crush on named Julie, and we spent that summer hanging out all the time. And I don't even know how this happened because it was certainly no doing of my own. But she would just, almost every day, she would come over, pick me up in her car, and we would just drive, we'd just drive around doing nothing or we'd like go, you know, get lunch or whatever. And I had a massive crush on this girl and just, but that was almost irrelevant to me because I, I didn't know what to do with that, right? right? Like I certainly didn't know how to make a move or what to, to say something about it. And so I, I don't know what I was thinking. I was just hoping something would happen. and. 
last day of summer vacation, something did happen. We're, we're walking around and she says, you know, Tynan, I've, I've got something to confess to you. You're going to be really mad at me. And I was like, oh, God, you know, what is it? She says, well, I, I, I've had a crush on you. I said, oh, well, that's great. I've had a crush on you, too. And so we kissed. And then the next day she went off to school in, in uh, Chicago. And I lived in Texas at the time. But in my mind, I was like, well, she's going to, you know, we'll do this long distance thing and, you know, just be separated for years and get married or whatever. And this sort of went on for years. We're like, oh, wow. yeah, like and I was barely ever seeing her. There was nothing romantic happening whatsoever. She was like, she was actually very clear with me. And I, of course, just was, you know, not picking up the very clear signals. And so, you know, she got a boyfriend and I'm like, well, that's okay. You know, she'll break up with this guy. And then they like moved in together. I'm like, well, you know, now they'll get sick of each other. <laughs> then they got engaged and I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like, and it, I just sort of had this moment where I realized, wait, like this is definitely not going to happen. And if I'm, if I stay on this path I'm on, like that, it's not going to be a good ending to that. Like I'm not going to yeah. end up with a girl that I want to end up with, let alone, you know, let alone her. Um, and a, a guy I knew online through this, this gambling thing I used to do had told me about a site called fastseduction.com, which okay. back in the day was this really nerdy forum. And that was where, that was sort of the hub of the pickup community back when it was like this underground thing. And so I was like, okay, like I got I to gotta change. I got to do something. And so I went there and, and that was sort of where I read all the stuff that like, obviously people were exaggerating lying, but it was, I didn't realize it. So I was so motivated. And, and a lot of it was just sort of having this realization that, oh, this is a skill like anything else that you can change. I always just assumed you're sort of born with what you have and your charisma or your looks or your outgoingness and you see what happens as you go through life and you end up with somebody. It never occurred to me that uh, that it's really just a, a collection of skills that you can really work on and learn. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I, I think a lot of people have that, that had that still have that mind. I just was just coaching, you know, I, I coach a, a couple of guys and they really, I, I keep on trying to get them to stop saying I am shy or I am uh, an introvert instead of say I, in the past I used to be right. sort of shy or in the past I used to, because that identity is so strong and they believe it can't change, but it clearly, clearly it changed for you. I, I, I thought it was interesting too. Like, how you said that it, it affected you outside of not just in the pickup, not just with, with women, but just in, in social in general. Uh, I think you, I read one of your books. Was it like super or not superhuman? But I have a social, um, social skills. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. And uh, it was just interesting. And, and just reading your blog post and stuff, it's interesting to see like how many friends, I mean, you've got this huge network of friends all over the world. And like, you know, it, it, it's almost, it's hard for me to describe to, to the people that, that haven't, uh, haven't read your book or haven't, haven't seen, you know, you talking about this on your blog, but like you're, you're the opposite of an introvert. <laughs> <laughs> in some ways, in some ways, in most ways. I mean, I still like to like, if I don't have some time with just me and my computer getting some work done or, you know, writing, then I feel weird, but, right. but yeah, like I, I value yeah, my friends and meeting new people very highly. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's good. That's, I mean, that gives hope, I think for, for a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, if, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Like I really was like very bad. So. Yeah. Good. Awesome. <laughs> I was, I was, I was pretty bad myself too. Like uh, it, it, it's crazy. I never thought that for a living now I would be like, talking to people, like making YouTube videos, doing ba basically the opposite of, of what I thought that I could possibly ever do. So it's yeah, funny exactly. how, 
how that happened. But you know what I found was really was really interesting is I have found that your weakness. Everyone says focus on your strength, but I have found that your weaknesses. When you develop your weakness, it's actually better because the strengths, like the natural talents that you have, you take for granted, and so you don't you don't appreciate them as much, and you don't put the effort into developing them because they come naturally. But the stuff that I, that I sucked at, that I had as weaknesses, that's the stuff I really worked on. And, and really put deliberate practice into. And those are the things that I excel at more now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think also there's a motivation piece to that when like you you you, you can't hit rock bottom on a strength, but yeah. on a weakness, it's like, oh man, like I really have to change this. And you really get that like driving force that makes you do uncomfortable things, which is how all change happens anyway. And so, yeah, I've had that same experience where a lot of my weaknesses have become, become strengths through a long oh. process. Yes, exactly. So, uh, so I want to talk a little bit about about the uh, the blogging platform that that you built, uh, SETI, right? Is the set S E T T? Yeah. Oh, set. Okay, set. Uh, because I, I thought this was. Um, I, I, I'm just curious, like, what you're, because I know you're you're not actively developing on it anymore. Is that sure. yeah. true? Uh, but it's a pretty damn awesome platform, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, it's 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 better than than what's out there uh, yeah. right now. Uh, but. Um, I'm curious what your thoughts are on on the whole project. Like, you know, it, it's it's always tough when you when you cr create something and then it doesn't go where you want it to go. Uh, so, how do you look on that? Like, how does that affect you now? Is it do you see it as a positive experience? Do you see it as a negative experience? I mean, I see it as a positive experience, which isn't to say that I didn't have much bigger goals for it that I didn't meet. Right? I'm not trying to say that didn't happen. Right. But uh, you know, I, I didn't really know how to program when I started it. Like, you know, I knew a little bit and whatever, but like there's still a file in that project somewhere called cookietest.php because I didn't know how to set a cookie. And yeah. I was like, well, that's the first step. I need to be able to track, you know, like who's logged into this platform. So I learned a tremendous amount and that's helped me in other ways. Um, I think I also realized just that I'm not willing to work on marketing stuff. And that's, uh, it's, it's easy before you start a project to say, oh yeah, and then I'll get to the marketing part and I'll learn that and I'll do that. And then we got to that part and I, you know, for months I struggled with it and hey, it would have been cool if I pushed through, but I didn't. Uh, so, and hey, I've got my ideal blogging platform now that I, I have my blog on, so I'm happy about that. Exactly, yeah. No, yeah, I, I was really hoping it would it would, it would would take off, but uh, yeah, marketing is, is definitely, it's, it's, it's the weird kind of hard part of, you know, I've, I've always, focus on, on building building an audience as, as kind of the marketing but but now see but now it's working for you with with the coaching because you're doing coaching now and like you've got you've got uh, I mean essentially you're doing marketing because you have an audience and so that's that's bringing you you clients right so yeah. and, and even the the programming when it you know I, I needed to schedule these people and the way I do it is uh, I like to have my days by default I'm off duty and then I can just put windows when I want to when I want to take calls so I can kind of bunch them and there weren't any, I couldn't find any scheduling software that did that. So of course, like in a week I make my own and it adds stuff to my calendar and sends the notifications and all that. So, you know, you still use the skills that, that you build from other stuff. Now I want, I want to talk about something that like, I think is is really interesting at a parallel, something I, I feel like is, is, is critical to success that you definitely have, which is this ability to systematize things and to like, 
you know, like I, I remember, you know, reading some of your blog posts when you're working on on set that you like how you were you were eating the same thing every day. You like uh, prioritized, like you you had like a very tight schedule that you were like systems that you had built. At, at least if I if I understand correctly, uh, I, I tend to do like a similar thing. Like I have very I'm very systematic. I, I fast until five o'clock every single day. That's like my you know I've got my routine and my my things. So um, I'm just curious what your thoughts on as far as like productivity on, on doing that. Like why why build these systems? Why be so? Um, some people would say it's it's anal to be like you know so much. But what is the you know what, what is the reasoning behind it? Yeah. So in general, I think that you can increase your willpower and decision making ability to some extent, but it's it's very limited. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of it is I just want to have the fewest number of decisions I have to make per day for stuff that doesn't matter. Like I only have one shirt. I just wear the shirt every day because I like I just don't really care. And you know this is a good shirt, so I just wear my same shirt every day. Uh, same with food. Like I love chipotle. I love sardines, so I just eat sardines for lunch, chipotle for dinner every day. And like it, it's one of my least favorite situations to be in is when you're about to go eat eat and it's like, well, where should we go? Should I go here? Do I feel like this? Like yeah. such a weight, like I have enough important things to think about or medium level important things that I shouldn't even be thinking about that. Um, but I'm, I, I'm not so rigid with it where I just come up with these things and I'm like, okay, here's my strong default of right. if I don't have, if there's not somewhere else that I have some good reason to eat for lunch, I'm just going to make my sardine sandwich. But you know, if I'm like out doing something and that, you know, there's Chipotle next to the door, maybe I'll just go there for lunch too or whatever. Um, but for me, it's a lot of just like, I just want to direct my focus towards things that matter and not diffuse it over a million different things all day. Yep. Yeah, I totally get Yeah, I totally agree with it. I, I try to eliminate as many decisions as possible from my life. I, I've, I've done, you know, some coaching with, with bodybuilding and stuff like, and I've done like the six or seven meals a day stuff. And, and it's like, <laughs> it's so much simpler. If I'm only eating one meal a day and I'm fasting until five, like that's a rule. And I, I know what I'm eating. Like I'm eating pretty much. I've got meal A or meal B, mm -hmm. and uh, I don't have to make a decision. I, I, my judgment sucks. Like every time you make judgment, right. like I might be feeling bad today, or I might be feeling good today. If I'm feeling good, maybe I'll make the right decision. But if I'm feeling bad, I'll, I'll probably make the wrong decision. And so I just eliminate all that. Exactly. You know, same thing. And then I just know. Like it's like, uh, how can you? Eat? fast until five every day, John. Well, it's simple. It's a lot easier, believe me, than eating these small like diet meals throughout the day and making decisions. Instead, you just say, hey, you don't eat until five. And once your body, once your mind recognizes that that's the rule and you're following that rule, it becomes easy. Yeah. And you can make your decisions when you're at your best too. So you can do your research, you plan out your, your week or your day and you say, okay, this is, you know, the macros work for these meals, for example, or, you know, this rule will work for me. And then you don't have to think about it when you're like really hungry or really tired and you, you aren't capable of making a decision. Exactly. I'd just rather build the system when I'm at my best and then just trust that I always make good systems yep. or that I can yep. tweak them later at some point. Yeah, I totally agree. That's, that's, that's so key. I think like being in the right mindset to, when you make the rules, I always have this, I have this kind of standing rule that says that you can never, I can never quit a thing on the day that I'm supposed to do it or the week that I'm supposed to do it, if it's like a weekly quota thing. So like if I said, you know, sometimes I've, I've, I've gotten myself in over my head, like I was starting to do, I was going to switch from, I run like 40 miles a week. So I was going to switch my Saturday run where I run 10 miles and I'd run 10 on the Sunday run. I was going to try and make a rest day. So I said, okay, I'm going to run 20 miles on Sundays. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and I had planned this out. And that's, that's, that's a lot harder. It's about five times harder to run 20 miles than it is to run 10 and then 10. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, everyone was like, oh, man, you, you just don't do it. Just like, I'm like, no, no, I commit. I said I'm going to do it. So, like, after I'm done, like, today I can't quit. I have to do it today. Right. And then tomorrow I can reevaluate and replan and make a new new plan. But I never allow myself to quit on that on that day because I want to make sure that like there was, I had some kind of epiphany or some mindset that was right when I made the plan and I can't in, in, at the point where I'm, you know, where I'm in the emotional baggage, the emotional trauma, I can't know if I'm, I'm being logical or or analytical or or smart right now. So I'm just going to follow the plan. Exactly. Yeah. I, I do the exact same thing because I just know that if I, if I give my brain little loopholes and ways to get out of things that it'll not only will it take them, but it'll establish a pattern of taking them. So it's like, okay, as soon as something becomes difficult, I give myself this easy out and I don't do it. So I'm always going to be looking for that easy out or I'm always going to have resistance to the things that I know I should do. So I do the same thing where I never allow myself to quit or change a plan when it's easy for me to do so. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. That's uh, it's, it's interesting how that, that works. So it it makes you appear to have a lot more discipline and willpower than you. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I think, right. So yeah, I think we all have roughly the same amount of willpower discipline. You can build it a little bit, but it's like you can get such bigger gains by just developing systems that remove it from the equation. And from the outside, it looks like willpower discipline, but it's really, it's really not that it's actually just turning off the brain in a lot of ways. Exactly. Then using it. Yeah. Uh, and it, you know, and I use that too. Like for if you just have the rule, like journalists have to do this all the time. But like people say, oh, how do you write so much? Or like I do two to three YouTube videos a day. But that's wow. just the rule. That's just that's like it. If I have to do it, I have to do it, right? So I'm doing it. Um, and and that you know, so that's actually kind of a good segue into what I. The other thing I was going to talk about is you're a very prolif- prolific person. It seems like you know. Uh, that we employ a similar strategy. Like I always have the strategy, like if you're prolific, that will win. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I know that you were doing like a blog post a day mm-hmm. <laughs> for a while. Like you're always have, and, and with the books that you've written, you've written quite a few books. Uh, I don't know if you're still, I think I, I think at one point I read that you're writing a thousand words a day or, or you had like a, a daily habit, unless I'm getting getting confused. Yeah, not, not anymore. I had, a, I had a bet with a friend where I had to write every single day for two years. And so that's actually, it's been a year since that finished. So I've, I've toned it down a lot. That was actually probably a bad habit to have or for me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so now I do it more in sports. So uh, in, a, in a few weeks, I'm going to write my next book and, you know, be working many hours per day on that. Uh, yeah, you know, I, but I like work. I like putting out work. I like how that feels. I think I've gotten pretty good at putting out incomplete work, which makes makes it a lot easier to do. Yes. Or, you know, or imperfect work, I should say. Right. Um, so yeah, like I don't really feel like I'm all that busy or that my schedule's that packed. But whenever I look back on a year, I think, well, you know, I did a, a decent amount of work that year. I put out a lot. Right. Yeah. I think no, it's I'm a lot. It, it's a lot just uh, like focusing work on actual output rather than feeling busy or doing things that don't actually result in in output. Like I think my ratio of input to output is extraordinarily high compared to people. But maybe right. my my actual hours of input are probably not that crazy compared to a lot of people. Maybe average. That may- that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, I, I tend to, I plan my week like using Kanban board and the, the Pomodoro technique and I like have different cards that are so many Pomodori and mm-hmm. I don't count cards that don't have an output. So mm-hmm. I, like if I, my quote is to hit eight Pomodori a day, if it doesn't have an output, 
it doesn't count. So like making a phone call or something like that, so that I'm focusing on making sure that everything that I a maximizing amount of output that I'm putting out. Mm -hmm. And and I find that also like it's just like you 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 get better at like if you if you just you know, if you, you if you write a hundred novels, you'll become a an expert novelist. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's it's impossible for you not to, right? You, you know, so when I started on YouTube, I sucked. I, I still maybe some people still say I suck. Mm -hmm. They say it every day on the YouTube <laughs> comment. <laughs> but uh, but I'm a lot better in my own opinion than I was uh, just because I kept doing it. So yeah, and if you know stuff is going to be output, then it's you take it you you take it a little more seriously. At least I do. Yeah. It's like if I'm just writing for fun, it's easy for me to. It's in the same way that my brain will like look for excuses not to do well. It's like, well, if it's not really going to be put out anywhere, maybe I don't do such a good job. But if it's like, well, this blog post is getting posted one way or another, you, know, you may as well do a good job on it. Uh, it, it. It just produces better work, I think, per hour. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I I, I try to do a lot of things in the public, just mm -hmm. just for that kind of reason. Like it, it's it's that accountability. Like I exactly. I, I know that it's going to be out there. In my life, like I can't get fat because if I'm fat, I'm doing YouTube videos. Like, there's no way to hide that, right? Someone will say, like, John, you're not, you're not following your own advice. You're, you're getting fat. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to say, I, I, you know, so. But uh, you know, one thing I want to talk about too is uh, you've one area where you've greatly influenced me is travel. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I, I think the the shirt you've got is a wool and prints. Is that is that correct? That's right. I've got I've got myself one of those now, and uh, I've got uh, the undershirt, the Wool Prince undershirt as well. Is that, is that what that is there? No, this one isn't. This one's just a regular T-shirt. I just came back from traveling, so and I've been traveling a lot uh, cool. lately. But um, but yeah, I've always enjoyed your gear posts. I just made a list of like of things that I need to to get as I'm always trying to optimize my my. I would I'd let, my dream would be to have like just this backpack that's ready mm -hmm. to go. And so, like any time, I could just grab this, and it's and I'm good for a week or two weeks or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm eventually going to probably set that up, and I would just maybe if I could even have two of them, that'd be cool. But that's what I thought about doing is having an extra one. But I don't know. I find whenever I do that, it just makes things complicated. It's like if I know I just have one of each thing, I I don't know. I like to try to simplify things, but I've had that same thought of like always having one that's totally ready to go. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, you've greatly influenced me on the on the travel. If, if people are wondering where I've I've gotten that, I I went to Europe a couple of years ago for three months, and I took a backpack. <laughs> that was it. Um, way to go. Yeah, it's so much. Life is so much easier when you just got the one thing that you're carrying around. Mm -hmm. So, but um, uh, we're, so I, I was kind of curious. Like you're you you make me look uh, like I don't travel because you <laughs> travel all the time. Uh, are you, where are you at right now? So right now I'm at a friend's place in uh, San Francisco where I used to live. Oh, okay. Uh, I just got back. I, I flew here from Vegas where I sort of live now or mostly live. Uh, about a week ago, I think today I was in Budapest where I've been spending a lot of time. Uh, and then I've got a bunch of travel coming up too. So yeah, I, I stay pretty busy. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I, I just got back from uh, San Francisco. I just ran the San Francisco half, half marathon, the rock and roll half marathon. And then... Uh, I'm going to. Uh, I'm actually going to Vegas next week. So. Oh no way! Nice. But uh, um, and uh, yeah, I've been traveling. I'm going to be doing like a bunch of like Italy and Stockholm and oh, gosh, where else? This. Have, uh, you, have you been to Budapest? I have not. If, you I go? In, if you're going to Europe, number one best place in Europe by far. Really? Like okay. not even. It's not even like a close one. That in second place, it's like it's the best. Dang! What, what's uh, what's so good about it? What's the uh, the it's like a 10 out of 10 quality of life mm -hmm. in terms of like 
food, beautiful city, awesome things to do, uh, culture. Um, and the cost is ridiculously low. Like you can walk into a Michelin star restaurant with no reservation and it's 20 bucks for the, for like a meal for dinner. Wow. Yeah. And like, and it's like, you know, maybe it's not as fancy as like the fanciest place in New York, but it's like as fancy as like the average fancy place in New York. Um, it's also the best tea houses outside of Europe, even, I mean, outside of Asia, which I'm really into. Um, it's the most geothermically active place in Europe. So there's all these amazing bathhouses, some from the 1500s. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. And so it's just like, yeah, it's, it's very different from a lot of places in Europe, but it has like the nice food, the nice architecture, it has a lot of the nice things in common and then additional things on top. Okay. All right, I'll definitely have to. I'll, I'm gonna have to look at my my travel plans and see if I can, it can get that. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely would. You know, for for everyone listening, I, I would take Tynan's advice on travel. This this guy is is a, the the world traveler. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's that's cool. I'll, I'll have to I'll have to look at that. I've been um I've been trying to kind of hit different different places. I try to stay in place for a while too, so I kind of yeah. get to get the feel for it. I did um, I did China last year, which was just a crazy eye-opening experience yeah um uh one thing i want, want to ask about too is um well so so what so so tell me this i think a lot of people are, are wondering this i was wondering myself too what does your financial situation look like <laughs> now what i mean i don't mean like you know but but i mean like how you're 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 entrepreneur you're not working for someone else what's your how do you make your money how do you make income yeah. Um, so I've written a bunch of books, I think six or five or something like that. Uh, you know, some of them are on audiobook, Kindle, all that. Uh, I have a site called cruisesheet.com. I really love cruises, especially transoceanic cruises. It's just like my, honestly, if I could be on a transoceanic cruise for my entire life, I'd probably sign up for that. Uh, nice. So I made a site called cruisesheet.com because some of these are incredibly good deals. Like right now, as we record this, there's some that's 40 bucks a day or 42 bucks a day, I think taxes, everything included for 15 day cruise. That's food. It's, and, you know, it gets you to Europe. Wow. Uh, so I'm about to go on one of those next month myself. Uh, so I made that site and that's, Hold on. give me that one more time. What was the, uh, well, it, it's cruise sheet, right? Cruise sheet.com. Yeah. Okay. Sheet of paper, not the expletive. And, uh, and, you, and that, that, that cruise you said was, it, it goes to Europe for how much was that? So it's, it's probably around 700 bucks or five, five to 700 bucks for like a 13 to 15 day cruise. Oh, wow. From, wow. from Florida to Europe. Um, okay. And okay. it's like, you know, especially for someone who works out, you know, unlimited steaks, like lobster, like nice. uh, a lot of vegetables. So like, it's very easy to just eat protein and vegetables if that's what you do. Um, it's, yeah, cruising is just the best. So I, I made this site. It started just as a way for me to find good deals for myself because a similar site that it existed went down. And then now it's like a full-blown cruise agency. So I make money from that. Um, how else do I make money? I do. Oh, I do coaching calls now with uh, with a bunch of my readers. So it started with one girl that kind of approached me, and I said, "Yeah, I guess I'll do it for a year, try it out." And uh, I really enjoyed it. She got like tremendous results. Uh, so now I've been taking on other people, and, and that's been going really well. So I make money from that. Um, but a lot of really, I think the important part actually is that I'm just relentless about keeping my costs down. Right. So anytime I spend a lot of money, it's on something that's going to provide a lot of utility for a lot of time, so I won't have to pay for that utility in the future, or it's something that's going to permanently lower my costs. So my cost of living is, I mean, just next to nothing. Like I, I could probably spend zero dollars for like six months and and be fine. 
Wow. Um, yeah. So, or, you know, maybe not zero, but like a hundred bucks a month, 200 bucks a month. Um, so that's what I think what, that's the piece that I think makes all this possible. Cause you know, there've been times I made a lot of money, other times I don't make much money, but it kind of is irrelevant. That's, save it all anyway. that's, a, that's such a, an important strategy. I always talk to, yeah, I, I piss off a lot of young people's parents when they ask me like, what would you do if you're 19? And my, my answer is almost always like, cut your expenses down to nothing. Like see if you can rent a, a, a room it with the with roommates like a room in a house for like 250 bucks a month or 300 bucks a month something super cheap eat ramen noodles and eggs and and beans and and start building an online business of some sort because if your living expenses are a thousand dollars a month let's say and i I think that's plenty like uh, then then your ticket to freedom is at a thousand dollars as soon as you i mean you can build a business that makes a thousand dollars a month in less than a year and you could be free for the entire rest of your life never someone else owning your i call it unmortgaging your life right and and there's this other component too that i've been thinking about recently where the lower your monthly costs are the lower your variance is as well because if you have high monthly costs then it matters so much how much money you make that month Right, like there's just like so much risk involved. Whereas if your costs are like next to nothing, there's almost no risk in your life, because like how hard is it really to find like five hundred bucks to live for a month or two? Like you can, you know, go go drive Uber. You know, there's like a million ways to do that. Whereas right. if you need two to three thousand bucks every month to live, then you have to be earning that. You know, or, or you have to have saved a lot of money. Exactly. Yeah, you get into. I've got very similar advice for a young person. Though. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah, we can we can piss off parents together. <laughs> And don't go to school. Don't start your kid off with debt and useless skills and some piece of paper. It's like, well, it's, oh, talk about setting up for failure. I mean, I always tell people, like, it's like, what is it? Well, I'm very stoic in my philosophy, but, like, it's like, okay, my, what does my day look like, right? I mean, I, I've done pretty well. I'm pretty financially successful. But honestly, like, I wake up in the morning. I work my butt off. I go and I either run for two hours and I lift for two hours. And then I fast until 5 o'clock every day and eat some scantily, you know, some some scantily meals some, and, and I, and I don't spend a lot of money. So like, I'm kind of living like a homeless poor person right now right. and it's not that bad. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, like, why are you like do all this stuff when, you know, the, the purpose, like freedom is what I value. Like the fact that I'm free and I can get on YouTube and I can say whatever the fuck I want and, and like no one can tell me what I can and cannot say and I can live my day how I want to live my day that's the most valuable thing, at least to me. And it's like so many people sell their freedom for everything else. And it's, it's just ridiculous. Like that's, it's such a, it's such a misguided path. I think that so many people go down. Yeah. And I, and I think it's really important too, to know, like you obviously know what's important to you. And so you can spend money on things that are important to you. Like I bet you go to a great gym. That's probably more expensive than an average person's gym, or you have one at your house. Whereas but maybe other things it's like, yeah, you don't spend money on, you know, lunch and breakfast because you don't want that. Or, you know, if you know what's important to you, you can focus your money on that in the same way you focus your time on things that matter. Whereas a lot of people, they're like, okay, well, I'm successful now. So I have to have a nicer car. I have to have a bigger house. I have to, you know, buy fancy clothes. It's like, well, if you're trying to keep up with the Joneses in every single category, like then you're going to be miserable. Like your whole life is going to be to support that. Whereas exactly. if you just get the things you care about, you can save so much money on the other things. Yeah, you know, you don't need to work. You can you can have the life you want, yeah, and, and like you said, like it's all about freedom. Where if you wake up every day and you can do whatever you want, especially if you've trained yourself to want to work yeah. on your own like projects, like you've got a good life. You know, nobody can take that away from you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I like to build the things that people can't take away from me. That's right. that's right. the 
that's a, that's the interesting thing because it's you know that's what yeah ultimately there's one thing that Tony Robbins said that really impacted me deeply as he said uh, I was at at one of his seminars and he said the amount of uncertainty you can or your the quality of your life is in direct proportion to the amount of uncertainty you can comfortably live with mm -hmm. so that w really really shook me to the core because I was trying to build this whole like fortress of impenetrability and uh, I was I was so afraid of you know I, it was it was actually crippling my life mm -hmm. But uh, it, it's interesting too. I, I heard. Uh, well, the other thing about that too, I think that that you mentioned that was, <laughs> and I picked up on it. You must be a poker player because you said variance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, avoiding the squeeze situations. If you don't have variance, you don't have very many squeeze situations where you're. And again, I guess probably another poker you know, related kind of concept. But the idea that like if you if you have a very large expenditure monthly expenditure then there's a lot of bad things that can happen to you whereas if it's very low there's there's very few things that can turn out you know I think you know the, the classic example is someone who lives paycheck to paycheck and they have a huge mortgage and a car payment and they get sick and so getting sick causes them to lose their job which causes them to not be able to make a payment on their car, which caused them to lose their car. And like this whole cascading chain of events that happens because they're in the squeeze situation. Right. So, but uh, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's an interesting concept. Yeah. I think a lot of times, I mean, you know, some people genuinely bad things happen to them that are totally out of their control, but most people I see who I, in my opinion, have very uh, like hectic, stressful lives. It's because they haven't built a foundation, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, like you, you have so many things you're trying to do that things are falling through the cracks. Like you, your expenses are so high that one little unexpected expense that we all have from time to time is going to derail your whole plans. It's like, it's not that you're unlucky or that you know you're just so crazy. It's that you just haven't built that foundation where like your basic basic needs are taken and you're happy with those basics. So everything else is like, you know, you, you just don't stress about it too much. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you can be, they're fragile instead of anti-fragile, they're, right. uh, so, um, uh, yeah, I think that, I think that, I was trying to think, I, I was going to ask you about the, uh, the, the, well, I might as well ask you, like, do you still, do you still play poker? I mean, you obviously must have played poker for some time. Yeah, you know, I, you know what happened is I played the World Series a few times. I played it two years ago and, and did really well in my, I play Limit Hold'em, which is like the old man's game. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I did super well, and so then I was like, okay, well, I got to move up. So you know, I was playing ten twenty, moved up to twenty forty. But my heart isn't really in the game anymore. Like I just don't care so much. And yeah, at twenty forty, that's like where like real pros are there, and like you know, you're buying in for like a thousand bucks every night, and you have to have another thousand in case you bust out. And so it's like, I just don't. I'm not motivated enough to put that much on the line. Um, but I do kind of miss it because I think it's it, it hones thinking in a really positive way. I mean, I've made money on it, so that's really great. But probably what the way I benefited most was the way it's honed my thinking. Uh, so I was thinking about just dropping back down to ten twenty or just playing twenty forty a little more. Uh, yeah, and now I, I live eight minutes from Bellagio, so I should you know, <laughs> I, I should I should probably play a little bit. Okay, okay, yeah, I I stopped, I I was play, played for a while there and. Uh, you know, I benefited a lot from it from emotional mastery, like yes, because. Exactly. 
what I learned as I, as I started to get good is that the top poker players, like at some level, like everyone knows the correct move almost, right? It's like, yeah. if you reach a certain level, like everyone knows what the correct move is pretty much. I mean, there's some arguments on two plus two forums or whatever about, <laughs> about it, but, but essentially they know it, but the X, the, the, the best, the, what makes you go from 95 percentile to 97 percentile is the, being able to execute on it because yeah. that's the hard part, right? I had, a, I had a major moment of that. Uh, so I was at the World Series a couple years ago. It was down to the final 20 people. And everybody else is plays like at least 100, 200, right? So they're yeah. much bigger players than me. I was playing 10, 20 at the time. And to my right was the guy, I forget his name now, but the guy who's generally considered to be the best limit player in the world. And he was one of the biggest stacks. And I was like, oh, man, like, of course I'm sitting to the left of this guy. And, like, you know, he, he, he probably had three to one on me, his, his stack, which doesn't matter as much with the limit. But it's like, well, he's not going anywhere. Right. And he got a bad beat. And all of a sudden, he went on tilt. And yeah. which for people who don't play poker, it means you, you let your emotions sort of affect how you play. And he just blew through all of his money and lost. And he was out way before I was. Wow. And it was really interesting to me because, like, I know that technically, like, in terms of technical skills, I'm not as good as most of those people at that table. But something I really have mastered is emotional mastery, where just nothing's going to affect me. It was very interesting for me to see, like, oh, in this particular case, I ended up doing better than the best player in the world because he hadn't mastered that one little skill. Even right. though, like, if he could be in my brain and tell me what, what move to do, I'd probably, he probably would have corrected me a bunch of times. Um, so it was interesting because, you know, when you play a game, when you're gambling, you're thinking, where's my edge? And it was at that moment, I was like, oh, so that's actually what my edge is, is that I'll always play to the best of my ability no matter what. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, most people won't. It, it's interesting. It, there's also this connection here, I think, too, between, like, I, I kind of draw the connection between me getting over, like, the, the fear of rejection. And so that sort of helped me with the poker and the poker helped me with like, there's almost this, this synergistic effect. Like if you, if you think about it, maybe like being good, being around, like learning from the pickup artist community, like you're, you're sort of building emotional resilience at that point. It's like, yeah. you can't be invested. <laughs> like you, you got to operate and do what you're supposed to do, whether you're invested, you know, without investing yourself uh, too much. Well, they, they have that similar skill of, of being willing to do the right thing, even when you're terrified to do it. Yes. Because that's going to happen all the time in pickups. It's going to happen all the time in poker where it's like, oh, like I know I'm behind. I still have to raise this guy and it's a lot of money. But you do it anyway because it works out in the end. And so exactly. it's, it's, it's that same sort of systems like thinking where like, if I just do this in the long run, I'll get the results I want. And so I'm just going to follow the system even when I don't want it emotionally to do it. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And that, and that's, you know, it's the same system with productivity. It's the same. I did, uh, I did kind of exotic options trading for a while and it was just, it was poker. It was just poker. That's always the same thing over again, bankroll management. Like you have a plan, you execute the plan, even though, you know, your, your iron condor, one half of it's falling to shit. So you know what the steps are to, to bring it back and that's, you have to do it. And, mm -hmm. and that was, it's, it's the same, same challenge. So it's kind of interesting how that, like that skill echoes throughout so many different areas of life. Yeah. I think that's a lot of the value too, of, of learning a lot of different skills, especially ones that typically people in your field would not also learn because you do then get to see all these parallels and different things and see, see things from different angle than other people. See right. Exactly. Cool. Well, um, I, I have, uh, I've definitely enjoyed the, the conversation. I, I would, I'd love to, to get together someday, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe for the same city. Let's get um, tea in Vegas next week. 
Okay, yeah, yeah, let's do that. That'd be sure. awesome. Yeah. I'm going to be down there for the for a conference called MicroConf. It's like a bootstrapped entrepreneur conference. But yeah, um, yeah I'll, I'll I'll shoot you an email or something afterwards, or when I'm down there. But uh, but yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, so I want to give uh, give everyone uh, make sure we get people to go if they want to find out more about you and and read your blog. I highly recommend. By the way. Uh, subscribe to Tynan's blog. Like, if you like the stuff that I put out on this YouTube channel and the, the kind of stuff that we talked about in this conversation, you are going to like his his blog post. It it, it is like right up, you know, same 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 type of stuff like this is kind of uh, really uh, really insightful thinking, I think, and then and then writing about it and, and living exposing yourself, living in public, you know. Uh, so it, it, it's very valuable stuff. Um, so Tynan.com, right? That's right. Yeah. And that's T Y N A N. Uh, and then check out Cruise Sheet. Uh, definitely, I'm going to be checking it out myself. And in uh, and the books, I think they could probably just search on Amazon for. Yeah, when, when you have a weird name, you just search for for, for Tiny, yeah, and, and I'll show up anywhere you search, probably. And I've I've recommended you know just like my favorite I think of of your books is uh, Superhuman by Habit. I, I recommend that so many times over Charles Duhigg's book that the power of habit because i think your book is better because it's more concise and it's more practical and uh, and it's it's you know whenever someone is trying to develop a habit i, I highly recommend that book we'll, we'll put links in the in the video and stuff so that you guys can can click on those or they'll be in the description as well so awesome thanks so much for having me yeah yeah thanks all right have it have a good one and uh have, have safe travels thank you see you Hey, what's up? John here. Just wanted to make sure you aren't missing out. Only about half the content I put out is on this podcast. This podcast is created mostly from the audio from the YouTube videos I put out daily. When you get a chance, head on over to youtube.com forward slash simple programmer and click the subscribe button to get access to two to three new videos every day. Even if you prefer the audio format, make sure you subscribe at youtube.com forward slash simple programmer so you can check out what you might be missing.